0: WLFE TV Radio. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. Good evening, everybody.
1: As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. We invite you to visit the spanking new Metal Mayhem ROC.com website. There you'll have direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you consume your metal content. While you're there, do us a favor. Subscribe to the newsletter. This is our chance to stay in touch with you with everything for the show um, You know, new content, giveaways Links to all our radio shows at your one-stop shopping Tonight we have a fun one We're specializing and profiling Some old school metal and some new school metal Later in the show we'll have Missouri Metal Thrashers Grave Huffer And uh, Richie from the band is here Talking about what the band's up to Some touring plans for the summer And just general metal conversation It's a good time But first, we're going overseas, and we have Metal Harry from the 80s uh, Pioneers, Mad Butcher. They have a new special reunion. So let's get him on the show from Germany, Metal Harry. Hey, Harry, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you, buddy?
2: Hey, folks. I'm really fine. John, yeah, it's incredible. It's really close to midnight here. But uh, we're really excited for the reunion gig after 30 years. 30 years, we back on stage for one reunion show here in the Rupert area. So, first of all, I have to apologize for my English. I'm from Germany, of course, <laughs> I oh. do my best. <laughs> and uh, I hope everybody could understand me.
1: Metal Harry, you sound fantastic, man. I hear better English from you than some Americans that I we speak with. So, uh, so congratulations. Let's uh, circle back. So, you're having a reunion show tomorrow, a concert, correct?
2: That's right. And the main thing we are original was uh, when we started. We started as a four piece band: two guitars, bass, and vocals. Was my turn, and a drummer, of course. And from that the original band um, from the original band there will be three or four original members who will join that show and uh, we come from the early days you know the really old school heavy metal like the new wave of british heavy metal yeah which yep. Started, i told you in 1981. 81 so so we were we were influenced uh, of course by the old the really old english bands and the American bands who start at that period. And um, but when we quit there was a complete different time and nobody asked at that time for our music. And that is the crazy thing overall, that after so many years, like decades, three decades now, there is an interest of Matt Butcher. When I start working on on the project to bring that butcher back on the scene, like first with albums. Um, I have 44 friends on Facebook, mm-hmm. 44. <laughs> right now, I'm nearly 3,800. And this is for a small band who was away for such a long time. I think it's really crazy.
1: Well, you, you definitely put the work in. You've gotten the word out there. Metal Harry, let me ask you: Why do you feel the resurgence in interest in Mad Butcher?
2: Um, no, you see, I'm, I'm being in the music scene, or of course, all over the years, I join concerts, I buy records, I've uh, been in the scene uh, all the all uh, the whole time. But what I hear now from the there is two two different types of fans, I think the old fans who believe in the old stuff. They like Iron Maiden, ACDC, Metallica, or maybe the 70's Giants, let's Black Sabbath, E-Purple. And on the other hand, there are the new kids. They may get the the records noticed of their fathers maybe. So tomorrow I expect two different kinds of, of the audience. On the other hand, the old guys, old guys rule <laughs> and on the other hand really young people in the 20s maybe and uh, because they want to know about the original start of the scene what happens in 1981 1982
1: 1983 oh so shit. there are so many bands sure. come
2: out and i think that's the reason and now when you hear the modern heavy metal outputs it's always the same it's triggered drums it's it's uh really um what i say it's 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 boring there's nothing come out special the sound was pitched in in the high yeah and like you have you know, the most of the singers they scream like hell so i will die for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah they put off the shirt and say yeah we're strong heavy metal. yeah and this is i think it's a little kind of boring because when you see five bands in a row the three bands look similar play similar of course they play fast but I think what the people like right now songs and if you hear the songs of Matt Butcher there's so many influences in mm-hmm. so, so it's it's not boring it's not one song and the next song is the same like always double bass drum and, and it's, it's not a, not a construction, it's, it's come from the heart. It's really what we hear at that time, and we get influenced by any kind of, of metal or hard rock or heavy rock, and, and we try, of course, to follow these idols, the bands I told you, and, of course, the really little bands. And they come from England, to the Netherlands or to Germany to play in small clubs like Angel Witch or Jaguar yep. or um ACIT from Belgium and uh, like or a killer from, from from Belgium. There were small bands, but they go in a, in a, in the in the dynamo for of course uh, maybe you've heard about the dynamo festival was before Wacken. It was the biggest festival on the European country. There was hundred twenty thousand people, just metalheads. It was in Eindhoven, Netherlands, and um, we got in touch with the with the promoter of that festival. So we never made it to the festival, but we made it, to, of course, to the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
1: Mad Butcher, the show tomorrow night. What music are you going to be playing from it? Um, three or four. Albums, uh, Metal Lightning Attack, uh, Metal
2: Heat? Four dots only. Just those two? Yeah. You see, what I recognize uh, in the last two years, that our debut, the Metal Lightning Attack from 1985, gets the highest response by the fans. So there are 10 songs on the original vinyl album, and we will play from that album eight songs. So nearly the whole album. We play six songs of the Metal Meat album, and uh, four four songs from the Four Adults Only. In my opinion, the Four Adults Only, I tell you, or I told you, it was the unreleased album from eighty eighty eight eighty nine. At that period, we we do the production yeah. in the studio, and and uh, at that time, I think it was a peak of Matt Butcher on technical. And songwriting—it was the peak for us. But for the fans, the debut album is still the state of the art. What the people like, the, the uh, um, everybody um, who gets the album and, and uh, call me via Facebook, and I ask, "What is your favorite track about my Butcher?" Tell me. So, and I follow it uh, over a year right now. So, and I get. Uh, the the ten uh, most requested songs and um, number one of course it's run for your life but there's one reason here in Europe we have of course a lot of internet radio stations like like yours and uh, they play run for your life for me in person it's the best song Matt Butcher ever made Run for your life, it's on the four dots only album. So, on this show tomorrow, we play eight songs from the debut, six from the metal meet, four from the four dots only, and of course, a cover. <laughs> all right, well, so, uh,
1: well, best of luck with it. Is this being documented? Video is
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all, uh, we get a film crew who will film the whole show with uh, I think cameras. Okay, but uh, uh, we, you see, we don't have now. We 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 want to do maybe a live DVD. That was that was uh, what we have in mind. So, perfect timing, I think.
1: It is perfect timing, Harry. Best of luck with the reunion show. Uh, props to you on you know sticking to your guns and keeping the
2: the the metal alive. Thank you for having. Me on the show. I really appreciate your support. You got it, my friend. Thank you very much, John. Stay safe and take care. Taste a metal. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, Harry. Thank you. Hey! Listen up!
0: Now, get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As the Vernomatic presents this week's feature interview, exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC.
1: Today, we have an interesting and exciting interview. We have Richie Randall, guitarist of the Missouri band Gravehoffer. 2021 saw them release their new album, Necroclosion. Band is on Black Doomba Records. Just discovered this band a little while ago through a joint interview from uh, Lady Red on the Metal Devastation radio website and radio show. So I decided, hey... Let's get these guys on here, see what they're all about. So I'm gonna bring in Richie right now. He's sitting in the uh, waiting room, and here he comes, Richie Randall. Hey, Richie, welcome to Metal Mayhem. How are you, man?
3: Pretty good, John, how are you? Thanks for having me, dude.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) So, like I said in the intro, not that familiar with the band. I've been doing show research, getting into some of your releases. I like what I hear. It's, hey man, it's a kaleidoscope of sounds you know you got crossover you got metal you got this you got that and it's like like i said a nice buffet of what's going on thanks man so give us a brief history of the band where you're from and what makes grave huffer huff
3: (laughs) well um my name's richie randall i've been playing guitar for probably about 30 years or so grave huffer yeah um myself and our bass player, Mike Jilgey and our original drummer, Larry Deerdorf, we were in a band in the nineties called initial detonation, which was kind of like a crust punk crossover kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, but we were a little all over the map as well. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we have some chemistry prior to grave Huffer and um, they had actually got back together in 2006 under another name. And then Mike was playing guitar. So, he was like, eh, I'm not digging this guitar stuff, so he's like, I'm going to switch to bass, and I'm going to give my buddy Richie a call, and so that's basically what happened in 2008, and they called me up, and um, the rest is history as far as that goes. We were originally called Crom from the Conan the Barbarian movies. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, Arnold, Conan's <laughs> deity or his god, you know, he'd always go Crom, and uh, so that's kind of where that came from, but Pfeiffer uh, we uh I think it was 2012 yeah 2012 when we changed the name there were a lot of other Crom bands out there and we were getting confused with uh like raps artists and bands from Italy and all over I mean there was a ton of them and then we didn't really know this at the time so we uh, there was a tornado that hit Joplin where we're from Joplin Missouri mm-hmm. it was in 2011 and just really threw a wrench into things you know i lost my house and um yeah it was it was a mess but um so we took a hiatus for probably seven or eight months and when we got back together our bass player mike's like we ought to change the name of the band you know before we really get going because we released one record under the crom moniker and you know they did okay but we weren't we didn't have much of a presence online or anything yet we were just playing local shows and stuff for those first few years I mean, although we did open for uh, DRI, Death Angel, we had a couple of pretty cool gigs, but we weren't, mm-hmm. we weren't playing like real, real far away or anything. So um, when we changed the name to Grave Huffer, we still played the old prom stuff. because It's the same band. We just changed the name. And the, yeah. the Grave Huffer name came from a friend of ours who was going to use it for his band that never really got going. And we always thought, that was a killer name. You know, like it's so, yeah, right? it's wild, you know, it's so uh, unique. And so we just asked him, "Hey, hey Dozer, can we use your uh, grave huffer name since you're not going to use that anymore?" And He's like, "Oh yeah, sure. Just uh, give me a throw me a free T-shirt every once in a while." And so, <laughs> so that's that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's kind of the deal.
1: It is a cool name. It's like, first of all, you know, in the metal arena, uh-huh. there are bands with grave, grave digger, right. and this and that. Yeah. But grave huffer, right? It's
3: yeah, you know, yeah, that huff name, you know we've had people ask if we're like a big druggy band because of the huff name you know i'm like "Eh, yeah yeah no not really i mean you know everybody kind of smokes weed or whatever but you know it's just a cool we just thought it sounded cool and um it kind of took on a life of its own because we have a song called grave huffer now and um it was on our first like grave huff well i guess our second grave huffer release your fault it kicks off the record and um, mm-hmm. DJ Thunderhead actually from Metal Devastation Radio. He he put together the sound effects for the beginning and the end of the record, and so that was really cool to work with him on that. And um, but yeah, Grave I took yeah, took on Mike's a, a good guy. Oh yeah, dude, he's awesome. Uh, Mike and Grace are the reason yep. that I got yep. on MDR. You know, so they somehow got a hold of one of our songs and um, asked us to, to hop in chat and. I was like, huh? I've never been in a radio chat room before. You know, this was like 2014 or 15, something like that.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. been
3: a while back. And metal devastation was pretty new at the time. And so I've been there for a while. And then they've been some of our biggest supporters. Hell, uh, you know, DJ Martin um, on Wednesdays. He, he does. Uh, he's a DJ on one of our newer songs, death before disco. It's like, him introducing to the crowd the hottest sensation of the disco, you know, and like he's the it's hilarious. Oh, wow, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. He's introducing the band, like, and we play a cover, we play a snippet of a Bee Gees song. And <laughs> I
1: saw that. yeah, and
3: so it's Martin introducing us and, and our bass player, Mike, like, he'd always wanted to do that. So he'd been wanting to do that whole death before disco thing since the initial detonation days in the late 90s. And he's been harassing us about it forever. And he finally learned that BG's baseline. And so we're like, well, shit, we got to do it now. So,
1: <laughs> well, I was just commenting Metal Devastation has its fingerprint all over Grave Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The 100 Thunderhead show, mm-hmm. Mike and Gracie. Yeah. Well, great. You know what? That's part of the reason why I took my talents to MDR right. at the end of 2021. I uh-huh. love them. All right, well, let's talk about the band. Yeah. Uh, your influences, yeah. It's, you know, you're all over the place with, yeah. you know, some of the crossover and right. you know some of the older death metal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Crumbsuckers, DRI. Oh yeah. Oh
3: my God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm in my uh, early to mid
3: fifties. Yeah. So. so is our bass player.
1: Yeah. So yeah. we went through all that, and back in uh, the '80s, that stuff was it was like a distant cousin of metal. It was a lot of. You know, the, you know, the offspring, the nuclear assault, the S.O.D.s, right. and then you oh, had gosh, the yeah. crumb suckers, yeah. Bucky Pop, mm-hmm.
3: and, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's our, those are our formative years, you know? Like, that was like, all that stuff was new back then, so it was totally a, a huge influence. Is that what you
1: feel personally your
3: roots are in, yeah yeah that's that is a big part is the crossover and the thrash and like hardcore punk and stuff like black flag and early suicidal tendencies and yeah mm-hmm. like like in circle jerks and all the bands you were talking about uh dri is a huge one um but then you know we got like traditional metal like judas priest is a huge influence on me and um you know i like the old death metal like you you know morbid angels like probably one of my favorites Mm-hmm. Um, you know obituary and uh, you know DSI'd, uh Campbell corpse and you know all that stuff you know I was like huge to me and then there's stuff like even you know with Godflesh and you know they're, it's a lot of that early Earache record stuff you
1: know uh-huh. that was
3: huge and uh, so yeah I, mean, I think you're pretty much hitting the nail on the head there um, I feel like I'm more of the metal guy and Mike our bass player is more of the punk guy and then our singer, you know, he's into stuff like Frank Zappa and all this, like, weird stuff. And um, so, I mean, it's just, yeah, we're kind of all over the place. So, yeah, you are pretty much nailed it. <laughs> well, I'll give you some quick observations after mm-hmm. listening
1: to some of your music. Yeah. The song Causes. Yeah. It's a little different right. than the uh, Ghost Dance. But I noticed, like, the second half of the song, that you know, it's just mm-hmm. chugging along, right. chugging along, mm-hmm. and the vocals are... I'm trying to say it's a nice blend
3: it's
0: it's different Mm -hmm. and
3: part of that is songs like you're mentioning like causes um you know it's like really fast like punk rock and then it does get more metal and it starts freaking trumpet and trombone at the end and stuff and (laughs) you know it is everybody that's heard that's always like man that's pretty cool you know (laughs) we got we got a friend that you know he, he uh works for I actually work for a university here and he is one of the uh not band directors, but I think he teaches trombone uh, in the band for for Missouri Southern, and uh, we mm-hmm. we got him to play horns on a few of the songs. Death Before Disco causes and uh, Matt Wolf, he plays on the our upcoming record we're working on too. And um, I don't know, we just kind of feel like if it sounds cool, then why not? You know, that that's kind of always yeah. that's been our approach all the time, and. Usually if songs have, like, oh, there's a metal section and a punk section, usually that means we've collaborated. <laughs> like <laughs> like Mike wrote something, and then I wrote something. And to, to us, it's, like, super obvious. And some people are picking up on it, though, like you yourself. You know, you could, you, you seem to, to pick up on that. And I think part of it is, like, we are talking about our ages. <laughs> and, you know, we've listened to lots of music, and – when you grow up in a time when all these new, all those types of music are are new, um, it just has a profound impact. So I think that's why it sticks with us.
1: I see uh, some collaborations. Uh, yeah. Chewy from Voivod yes. and uh, <laughs> Curran from Annihilator. Yeah. How did that come about? Are, it's uh, not a regional thing. Uh, yeah, uh, I know, right? <laughs> are you are you label mates? they just become friends with them? How-
3: Explain yeah, that, um, that well, Chewy, gosh, I think I just messaged him <laughs> and I just point, yeah. I just point blank asked him. Um, like we even had our, on the previous record, we had Carlo Regadas who was in Carcass, um, okay. play a solo. I can't, I, I can't remember exactly how that all came about, but I think I just messaged him just out of the blue kind of thing and just basically said, hey, I'm in this band. Would you want to do a solo on a song? And it's about Buzz Aldrin and the space program and he was like oh yeah (laughs) he was like really excited about it and he is a super nice guy super easy to work with and the solo he turned in like he played multiple parts on it and like these weird Mm -hmm. harmonies and stuff and I mean I was almost in tears when I heard it because I was like this is fucking amazing um so yeah it was just it was awesome and So and he's even put the invite out for us to to jam with Voivod and when they're in the area and Mm -hmm. so we're like trying to figure that out but um and then Coran he actually builds my amplifiers for me and um, Coran Custom Audio Mutation it's a company he's had for probably five or six years now and he's got he's got a studio he's got a a shop and um, anytime we play Ohio we stay at his house and i was gonna say where's he located it's Uh, akron ohio okay and um he was in annihilator he's on three or four records and he was also a touring guitarist for nevermore and so he's got lots of interesting stories about those bands yeah of course so yeah i mean it's a cool guy and um like i said he builds my amps and um i actually got to know him through the amps before anything else and then um he was wanting to record us in his studio but we just couldn't commit to basically getting over there and so i asked him like hey what would you think about laying down a solo on a song he's like oh hell yeah so he did the solo for uh stronger than death which is about or smaller than death sorry which is about andre the giant we wrote that about uh andre after watching his hbo documentary yeah yeah I saw that that was something. Oh my gosh, it was <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like you don't realize sad. It, it, sad it really is. Like you don't realize how hard of a life he had. Yeah. And so that was basically the inspiration for that, but uh yeah, Karim was really cool to do that. His his solos multiple parts too and it's just <laughs> shred all the way through.
1: <laughs> now, the, the the collaboration with uh Chewy was yeah. that uh remote?
2: Yes, yes. And
1: was it was it a uh COVID it was COVID mm-hmm. time. You were yeah. recording it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. If it wouldn't, if it wasn't in COVID, would there have been a chance to like, where is he? Montreal? Where, yes, where is he, he is
3: Montreal area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, probably still would have been. Uh, um, Cause I think they were, they were getting ready to record that new synchro anarchy album. Right. before mm-hmm. he, he did that solo. Like, I think a week or two before they were started tracking. Cause he even told me all this stuff. And, and so it was kind of cool getting a little inside scoop on what Voivod was doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, right? I, and I, and I, I kind of had to keep my mouth shut. So, uh, I mean, of course now it's not a big deal, but, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And, um, we went back and forth. Oh gosh, probably three or four different times about, um, you know, I, we'd send them some things and he was like, well, what do you, what do you guys hear? And we're like, we was telling him to like, you do your your thing. We we asked you because we like your style, you know. And so when he, you know, played this, gave us a solo, we're like, that's exactly what we wanted. And then so
1: now, when Gravehoffer records, obviously you're probably all together because right. you're
0: local. Yeah. Had,
1: have, did you ever have any experience with remote stuff prior to that? And did you pull anything out of it that? maybe would open the door for more reaching out to other artists like hey man you know mm-hmm. it worked once mm-hmm. why wouldn't it work again you know yeah let's give zach wild a call see if he'd lay down a riff right. or uh, yeah not zach you know but yeah. you know what i'm well, saying yeah, it's um
3: you just never know i mean that's a really great question because it was funny what i was getting ready to say <laughs> it segues perfectly into what i was getting ready to say uh, we do our upcoming record we're working on is uh it's not all about dante's divine comedy but one song it's like half the record it's like a 20 plus minute song and we've, uh-huh. we've got some special guests on it um cam lee from massacre i don't know if you've heard of them or not but uh he's no no i haven't okay he's he sings on it um uh, like a pretty large section and um have you heard of james murphy from testament and death and obituary and Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. he he's gonna play a solo on it. Oh, cool! And um we've got friends of our. I got a friend of mine that I've known since like junior high. <laughs> She's plays cello on it. Uh, like our friend Doug that played on Necro Enclosure plays horns on it. And it's not like a new direction or anything. We just kind of had to get it out of our system because we've talked about doing our quote unquote Rush twenty one twelve song forever. You know, we we've, we've kind of wanted to do a song that's takes up one side of the record because we're all big prog rock fans and i just we just kind of wanted to i don't know if we wanted to prove to ourselves that we could do it but uh, everybody that's heard it so far is like completely blown away um, we're on black doomba records and uh, tommy stewart is the label guy and i don't you know i don't know if you've heard of hollows eve or not
1: hollows eve, yeah that yeah. De- death and insanity uh-huh. and Hollows he- <laughs> Eve, oh, yes. yeah yeah I'll, I'll say say dupa's uh tommy's label mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, up here in rochester new york we have a we, we have a couple podcasts okay that, um uh grim dystopian they handle oh, dude, uh, i
3: love them i've done i've done interviews with them
1: oh okay yeah, yeah. so they did the inner that's how i discovered them even mm-hmm. though you know we, we live five minutes away Wow. When they, d- yeah <laughs> yeah well the, you know the metal community that's you so know. awesome. Uh, but they were, that's so what I, I heard the Tommy interview. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and this was a few years ago. Yeah. And
3: now that we're putting the pieces together yeah. because he was talking about yeah. the, you know, Black Doomba, we're on Black Doomba and Tommy's label. And, you know, he was on, you know, Hollows Eve, you know, pretty big deal. He's on Metal Blade. Dude toured with Slayer and Motorhead. And Tommy's always got stories about the, the good old days, you know. <laughs> so we'll sit back and listen to Paul talk about <laughs> the old school metal but uh tommy and his drummer dennis um listened to the dante thing and tommy was like i mean he was just like he's kept saying holy shit oh my god you know i mean he was just like he couldn't believe it and so i'm like oh man you know (laughs) it's like it's an amazing feeling but it makes you nervous a little bit too i don't know why but um, but Tommy he, he plays on it actually he plays some cool bass stuff on it and his drummer Dennis does some cool some cool percussion on it and uh, another kind of cool deal was um, I got to play a Hollow's Eve song with Tommy on the last row last run of shows we did with them in January we played Metal Merchants and um, let me tell you yeah. I was I haven't been that nervous and shit I'd say ten years or more. I mean <laughs> because why, like, why you? well, you're with Tommy yeah I mean everybody's like why are you so nervous I'm like I've never played this song before Like, I, it was like we're talking about the remote thing I had to learn it remotely I never rehearsed it with them and so and luckily I didn't fuck up so it was it actually went over really cool and the crowd was like went wild everybody was started moshing and stuff and I'm like yay <laughs> in your assessment do you think the crowd knew the song yes yes most of the crowd actually did know that song and so i mean hollows eve they see they do pretty well for tommy i mean i I think uh, from what he tells me they you know they still like he doesn't promote it that much i mean not near as much as as what he's doing now with direwolf and he's like dude he goes the the streams and the records sell out and he goes. It just kind of blows my mind how the legacy that they still have. So, I mean, I think it's great for him.
1: Come on, that album was almost forty years ago. <laughs> right? It, no, but it's the the new generations going mm. back and finding that. Yeah. And it's had a rebirth, and it's yeah. not just you know the old guys discovering it. It's right the the younger metalheads. A lot of yeah. what we do up here. Is you know at Metal Mayhem R O C we try to you know educate the younger people on you know the history, but yet mm-hmm. the old school on new school, right? You know it's a two it's a two way street. street. It's like mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you know, yeah, we, we all love the vintage stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a uh, just tons of new stuff that you know expand your palate, right? Exactly, so, yeah. So when it comes to the old, um, let me ask you, Richie, mm-hmm. that, that older stuff as a musician, uh, when you play it, mm-hmm. this is not so much harder, but it's just it's almost yes. sometimes
3: simpler. Well, yeah. When I, I had to learn that metal merchants and I was like, oh, okay. That's a weird spot for a change. You know, like, wow, he's doing that there. It, I mean, it, it was to the, it's to the point in a way, but there were also this crazy amount of creativity in the way they arrange things and that that's kind of what took me aback at first i was i was like man they really for back i mean they were there just wasn't much music like that back then and it just blew my mind how like tommy's like oh it's really easy i was like yeah you've played it for 40 years yeah (laughs) you know and and um so yeah like i was a nervous wreck but after playing it, after uh, I'd say probably about thirty seconds, I was like off to the races.
1: I'm not a musician, so I can't relate to that. Right. That's why I asked you, as a yeah. musician, mm-hmm. you as a new artist, mm-hmm. you know, trying to play the old stuff. Yeah, back then, Tommy and those bands, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they didn't have Pro Tools. Right. They didn't. They didn't have computers. Mm-hmm. It was still blade and tape yep. editing. Right. So when the writing process came, it was in the room jamming. Right. It was just hours and hours. Oh, yeah. And I think that spirit of the music comes from. Right. It. Now, seeing that you've been into, you know, learning that with Tommy and yeah. doing that, mm-hmm. do you take any of those ideas and almost bring them to the Grave Huffer rehearsal room, if you will?
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. We've been recording the uh, other part of this album, the uh, more true, I guess, I hate calling it traditional, but like, I guess the more typical way we would write, because the Dante thing was way different. You know, it was a completely different process. Uh, but these other songs, um, it was more of how we would just get together and just jam stuff out. Um, because normally we would rehearse what we would do, what we do normally is we rehearse for a show or, a, you know, rehearse the set and then we just start jamming. And whatever comes out of those jams, you know, somebody always has a phone available or whatever and we'll just record. Oh, that's cool. And then when, when the room lights up then we'll, we'll jam on that. Well, where does it, you know, and then one of us will be like, Oh, I hear this here or this here. And so, yeah, we, we definitely write that way. We don't typically write in like in our bedroom or in the living room, like just laying down riffs. I mean, we do that too. I mean, it's kind of a combination of all those things but I feel like some of the best stuff is the stuff that we collaborate on as a band. And even if we do bring in individual ideas, that stuff, it's like clay. That's the band kind of molds it and adjusts it. And, okay, we're going to put some paint on it or whatever to make it a slightly different or a different picking style or maybe move this chord down one fret or, you know, whatever the case is, whatever everybody hears.
1: yeah, it's, Yeah, it, well, that's the... The the creative process yeah, in the gra- grave hoffer way.
3: Yeah, well, necroeclosion was a little bit more. Um, just a cut the way we kind of had to do that was pandemic times, and so it would be just one or two of us together at a time, and then mm-hmm. another couple of the guys, some different guys together at a time, and so we were just trying to be real careful, and um, and then the whole Dante thing, it was it was way different like I had gosh I had probably 50 to 100 riffs on my phone and what the concept was was okay write something that makes you think of Dante's Inferno of being in hell (laughs) and so, (laughs) so I mean that's basically how that came about and then Paradise was definitely the hardest because it's like oh I gotta write about heaven like you know and be yeah, and it yeah. still be intense and metal or whatever you know that was very difficult uh, it's probably the hardest thing we've ever had to do at least for me and i think when people hear it they're gonna be like "Man, that's pretty different guys <laughs> so
1: we're talking with richie randall guitarist of grave hoffer the 2021 album necro occlusion. What's the touring plans? Are you getting back on the road? Are you on the road? Yep, yep. Coming to Rochester at all? You ever uh, you ever play Rochester?
3: No, um, we're gonna be playing. I think the closest we'll be playing there is uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. I mean, that's kind of across the state. Uh, we're playing a new We're playing <laughs> yeah. a New Jersey yeah. Metal Fest. Um, it's July, July ninth.
1: Um, I think we're I think we're closer to um, Akron than we are well, in yeah, New Jersey.
3: Yeah, probably, yeah. We're playing in Canton the night after at the buzz bin, yeah. The, what's your routing situation mm-hmm. like? Is Do you handle it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I'm trying to find a booking agent, but um, there's one guy I'm talking to named Nick Harris, I believe. He's from, I think of the name, Atomic Sound or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. the, the name exactly, but. Um, he, he, he's booked some friends of ours one of them called Yatra from uh, Maryland and um, Horseburner from West Virginia and they're more of the Doom scene uh, they're cat, yeah. the people that we met when we played Maryland Doomfest last year and that, that was really cool because we made some co- uh, good contacts through that and not to mention it was an awesome show and they had a, a Maryland Doomfest beer that was a, <laughs> amazing but um, <laughs> it's weird like we played several like breweries and distilleries in the last couple of years and so i mean we're not like a big drinking band but i mean we'll, we'll have one or two and it's always nice to drink the beers that are like different and have a unique flavor to them or local or to me I yeah, th- that's just yeah. more i don't know more adventurous and, and cool you know i don't know it's kind of like the band you know we just we try to be a little more adventurous and so yeah like you said like you were asking about routing yeah we we do all that ourselves and we typically do all these mike likes to call them ninja runs we'll go on like three or four days we'll hit like like here coming up we're doing a couple of dates in wisconsin we're playing um uh wisconsin rapids and uh, i'm probably butchered this Wasau all i don't know how you say it but Mm. it's just north of wisconsin rapids about 70 miles um we're playing some shows with tommy and his band and uh grave next door and then some locals from the area Uh, and then we're doing a colorado run at the end of may we're playing like four or five shows and then we're gonna hit um ohio new jersey um when i was telling you in in the first of july yeah then we're doing like some indiana shows and september and so oh july we're also doing new orleans and arkansas and so i mean we just kind of like it's weird how we have to do it with everybody's jobs so we can't really do like these 2 week slaps or anything. We we kind of have to do weekend warrior type stuff. But, you know, it works really well.
1: Well, you know, we've uh, dabbled in some uh club promoting up here. Oh really? We brought last Yeah, we brought last in line at Town oh, uh, did a, nice. promote, promoted a couple docking shows. Oh, uh, oh
3: yeah, I love well, docking. Well, this was
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it was a good turnout, but that was th- th- those were pre COVID.
3: Oh, was George and, you know, Lynch playing?
1: And, no, no. Ah. no we, uh, uh, Chris McAllister Chris McAllister on bays John John Levin. Oh God, X. Ex- yes, 11. John Levin. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we saw one of the uh, we the one of the last shows we promoted with Doc and was one of the last shows a mm-hmm. uh, wild Mick Brown played with. Oh me. man, then, nice! Then, I love
3: Mick; he's uh, awesome.
1: But the point I was making is, I think with the combination of Metal Mayhem R.O.C. and Grim Dystopian, you know, and and, and the record archive you got a big metal uh contingency there. You know, he could get a. Sh- get a show at the montage or something right. and
3: isn't nuclear you know, assault in that area or something yeah yeah Danny, Danny Lilker. Lilker, yeah Danny Lilker, he's yeah like he's uh, our bass pl- that's like he's like our t- our bass player his three favorite bass players are Danny Lilker, Shane Embury, and uh Gieser Beller. so I mean he would uh, he would fucking shit if Danny was anywhere close <laughs> but
1: Danny uh, go down the street see him right now right he's, he's always here right and um yeah a couple retirements uh Mm -hmm. said he was there wrapping up the nuclear assault camp yeah i uh, I
3: saw danny had said something about that might this might be the last u.s stuff they're doing because they're playing a game over or something right
1: yeah yeah yeah, that game over in its entirety Yeah, and uh, i just saw something about the end of the maryland metal fest oh
3: yeah i I saw that too
1: Well, that was weird because they said this year, and then next year's definitely out. How do yeah. you take a year off and you know come back? It's um, eh, it's it's tough. So, mm-hmm. so again, the so you got the four or five dates, and then sporadic. What do you call it, a kamikaze or <laughs> Nin- a, ninja. <laughs> ninja, he has
3: ninja?
1: Ninja, yeah, it's like these dates. ninja
3: ninja runs. You yep. know, yeah. we just do three or four dates, and we usually do a couple of months. You know, and so we'll we'll play you know seven eight shows a month. And you know, starting March, April, all the way through September, uh, and then when it gets cooler, we usually don't play out as much, especially north, just to be safe. But uh, yeah. sometimes we'll go south, like we did Texas in January, we did four shows in Texas, and that was amazing, it was really fun. Uh, we played a record store/slash brewery, <laughs> and that, that was a, in particular, that one was amazing. That's well, what, if you're playing to breweries yeah. and,
1: you know, you get people there, it's a bash. Mm-hmm. What the hell?
3: I mean, seriously, you know, you know and people are just having a black Like, the record store show was, like, in the record store. You know, there was no stage. It's just you're <laughs> on the floor. And that was the one of the shows where I'm playing with Tommy, Metal Merchants, and the kids just, like, ate it up. I mean, it was just amazing. And um, so, yeah, it was awesome. We played Acadia in Houston, which is a really cool place like they have like this pro light and sound um rig that they just got And i mean they got like strobes and like lasers and like a, um fog machines and all this stuff and, and like even if the turnout's not all that great it's like it's like one of those dream come true venues to play just in the band you know
1: yeah i know you purposely route that next time to shoot a video yeah exactly and exactly it's like oh well you know the half the three quarters of the stage production is here for us right
3: yeah so it's. and the guy that runs sound tommy skinner has been doing it forever and he's a he's a really funny guy and real sarcastic and you know he loves us thankfully (laughs) but so yeah, it's 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 cool playing these shows like this that we can get to meet these people and go back because we played that place in Houston a couple times now, and it's just cool making all these cool connections and that's what it's all about for me and I think for the rest of the guys as well is making cool you know networking and just making all these yeah cool, you know playing all these cool places and meeting new you know fans and you know all that stuff it just it all kind of snowballs and you know hopefully it's a good outcome.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Richie, anything you want to uh, say to the audience before we get out of here? Um
3: Well, it's great talk. With yeah. you. We can talk for hours. Yeah, and, thanks, um, John. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like, I just, I hope we can like hook up for something in Rochester. That would be yeah. amazing. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Best way for people to get your product. Bandcamp, yeah, yeah. bravehoffer.com. What's the easiest direct route?
3: Um, Yeah. <laughs> bandcamp.com. That that's my first go to for for everything, and we sell merch on there. And we've got like posters and vinyl and CDs and patches and beard oil and all kinds of shit up there. So you know, all all kinds of fun stuff, stickers, you know, all, all that good stuff, and it's all like cheap punk rock prices, you know. So you know what I mean. And
1: listeners, uh, shout out. Um, Rich on Facebook, he'll answer you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, start the community. Yeah. I mean, I'm,
3: I try to be as responsive as possible. And even on the band page, too, you know, I'm like, my phone's up my ass half the time. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I try to be as responsive as I can. And because I, I know the feeling, you know, you try to reach out to somebody and you're left on red forever. And it's like, wow, you know, way to be a dick. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, I don't know. Why even have the capability to contact somebody if you're just not going to, like, respond? So I, I feel like I try to treat people how I want to be treated. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. So, again, the band Grave Huffer, the album Necroclosion. Check them out. Richie, thanks for spending your afternoon with me. Thanks,
3: John. I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a blast. Okay, we'll talk soon, buddy. All right, man. Take care. See ya. See ya.
0: Metal for life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on wlfe Radio.